by now you have to be aware that Francis has himself been facing some rather personal issues that had him holed up and sequestered away from the world as he gets himself together again, after a rather personal procedure. When that story broke last week, I wasn't surprised by it, nor was I surprised that his getting back to business is expected to take some time, though he is expected to keep working to some degree, and that doesn't surprise me either. But it has left me with a question that several others are asking. Does Francis have little time left? Little time either before he joins Benedict in the newly formed Emeritus Club, that is a pure historic fiction in the life of the church, by the way, or more likely does he have not long to go before he stands before our Lord and has to make account of the works that he has done with his priesthood. Now, I'm going to be clear here. I'm not going to be doing any kind of happy dancing if we suddenly find ourselves in an interregnum and awaiting for a new supreme pontiff for, you know, facing a conclave. I know some will be, but I won't. I want him to have that moment of clarity that leads him to get on his knees, or whatever the equivalent would be given his advanced years and his state of things, and I want him to write himself with our Lord. That's what I want for him, as I do for any of the modernists, and for myself as well, because I am a sinner as well. So to that end, let's have a look at the story, because it's clear that Francis has been accelerating his program these last few months, perhaps with all the things he's facing on his mind. Francis has this image he likes to portray with the fawning help of the opinion makers of the world, that of a papal superman with boundless energy, a pontiff who globetrots and has time to meet the throngs of faithful and pilgrims of all kinds, to reach out a hand to those outside the faith and to walk with them in an apostolic journey of accompaniment, dialogue, cupcakes, and creeping authority. That image is going to be something that is not possible to keep going as things progress because, as Italian journalist Marco Tosati tells us on his own site, almost everyone has had someone close to them deal with what Francis is facing now. Quote, Certainly the Holy Father will return to the Vatican to resume his journey in the footsteps of Peter, but he will never be the same again. All the rhetoric about a Jorge Mario Bergoglio Superman damages his image and his charisma. People who read, hear, or see the news are not stupid or unable to reflect and ask themselves questions also because millions of families have had similar experiences with their elders. From a passage in the bulletin of the Vatican Press Office on Tuesday, July 6th, which ensures that the pontiff had breakfast, it is possible to deduce that the experience was not particularly devastating, and this is great news. The adult mature faithful understand, albeit with pain, that Pope Francis will live the life with, that God will give him with many limitations. End quote. Tosati is interesting because in his work he often takes the same sort of stances that I do, but in a more measured way than I do. But I'll remind you that I don't wish Francis any malice. I don't have any wicked desires for him. And for that reason, I hope he has the time to get himself right with God. But Francis is clearly taking this seriously because we have had news that despite all of this, he is still moving people around the Roman Curia to better execute his programs. Francis's synod on synodality is moving forward, and the de facto Third Vatican Council must continue regardless of the on-the-ground reality for Francis. Headline from Catholic News Agency. Pope Francis names Jesuit Cardinal to key synod on synodality position. Get ready for this one, folks, because clearly uh, the synod on synodality has got some other purposes aside from transforming the church into a more worldly image. From that article, quote, Pope Francis on Thursday named Jesuit Cardinal Jean-Claude Hollerich as the Relator General of the 2023 Synod on Synodality. Hollerich, 
the chair of the Commission of the Bishops' Conference of the European Union, will help to oversee the gathering of the world's bishops in Rome. The 62-year-old cardinal has served as Archbishop of Luxembourg since 2011. His archdiocese covers the whole Grand Duchy of Luxembourg, one of Europe's smallest countries, bordering Belgium, France, and Germany. He thanked Francis for the new appointment on July 8th via his Twitter account. End quote. So who is Cardinal Hollerich? He's a modernist modernist, one who is all on board with Francis's program of aligning the church with the forces of the world, with the beast, or the leviathan as I call it, with the construction of the ape of the church, which promotes the gospel of man and not the gospel of our Lord. His track record of working with these secular ruling organizations is long, and he has been an outspoken opponent of various lay movements that would curb the powers of the Leviathan and strengthen a local running of things. He's a firm believer in the work Francis has been doing with the Beast, and he will absolutely be essential for using this coming synod to make the church more closely resemble the world and its ideas. But let's continue with the story. As we'll see, he'll almost be running the synod himself on behalf of Francis. Quote, Hollerich will be expected to present a report at the start of the assembly in October 2023, introducing the theme of synodality. He will also outline the synod's working document and the points that participants are due to discuss. He will also preside over the preparation of the synod's final document, which is submitted to participants for approval. The rules governing synods say that, if circumstances so indicate, the relator general presents a summary of the topics that emerged during the synod discussion, as well as clarifying certain points and providing information on the elaboration of the final document. His role ceases at the dissolution of the, of the assembly. End quote. Never let personal issues keep you from achieving your goals. Obviously, that's a sentiment Francis agrees with, and so he's placed a stalwart ally of his in the move to make the church more worldly at the head of the coming synod of bishops. And you and I know that Francis plans to be there in person as well, though whether he'll be able to do that is anyone's guess at this time. Something worth considering in all of this is that Francis knew he was going to be facing the procedures he dealt with when he was doing things like fully endorsing the German Schismatic Synod, when he was fully embracing Pastor Jimmy Martin of the Jesuit Church's programs. All of it. And this has left some of us wondering if Francis needs to reflect on the heretic Arius, who faced a rather gross end of his own that would probably have been aided by similar procedures that Francis underwent himself. One writer over at the Catholic Monitor suggests that Francis should meditate on Arius' final days himself because they were especially noteworthy. Quote, How many more years or days does he have left on his timeline before he succumbs to the Grim Reaper and faces his creator? What will he say about his service to Holy Mother Church? I cringed recently when I read about the Pope's high praise for Father James Martin S.J., whose messes cry out to heaven. Father Martin has over 300,000 followers on his Twitter account. How many is he dragging to the precipice with his enthusiastic advocacy for sins that cry out to heaven for justice? Jesus is always the forgiver with arms outstretched to receive his repentant children. But forgiveness offered must be received. We have the power, by our free will, to reject his forgiveness and wallow in the pigsty. It might be good for all of us and for Francis to read about the the uh, nasty end of Arius found in the ecclesiastical history, end quote. It would be good for us all to do that. Unfortunately, I can't in good taste relate that story to you, saying, save to say that his end was met an outhouse in a rather kind of dirty kind of way, and it came to mind for a great many of us because Francis had a similar issue addressed for him, which is why he's not active right now. And if that sounds circumspect, well, I have to be. But in the comments... I'll try to explain more about Arius in his final days, because it's an interesting story to say the least, and throughout history, the most strident heretics often had similar final days. The story of Martin Luther's final days will be equally, well, it'll make your skin creepy and crawly. It's clear that our Lord doesn't take kindly to those who push heresy, and 
That much is clear from the historic record. This goes as far back as what Judas Iscariot faced, and his error was familiar to us now. He wanted a works-based gospel, that which our so-called separated brethren claim Catholics believe. That is what Judas wanted, hence his objecting to our Lord being bathed in sacred oils when he said that the money for that could have been given as alms as well, and Francis's track record appears to be the same kind of thing, hence his rigidity comments about cloistered nuns and the like. It's interesting to note here, by the way, that Francis keeps numerous images of Judas Iscariot in his papal office. That's a confirmed fact. Something to ponder there, I think. I'm curious what you think about this. Our Lord commanded us to pray for pretty much everyone, so even though I don't personally care for Francis at all, to put it mildly, I do pray for him. Not for his programs or his goals or his particular intentions, but for him personally I do, and I hope you do too, since Jesus told us to pray for pretty much everyone. But other than that, do you think Francis is speeding up his program, all things considered? Let me know your thoughts on this in the comments, please, and like, subscribe if you haven't, and hit that bell. It does help. Please pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.